This is the Game Level Learn podcast. I'm your host, John Cassie. Game Level Learn is a podcast about the ways in which games and gamification can shape teaching and learning to improve the experience and success of students. We discuss gamified methods, review new and old games to explore how those games might be used out of the box in classroom practice, and discuss great books on games, gaming, and gamification that'll rev up your thinking. Since recording episode one, a lot has changed for me and for Game Level Learn. First off, my partner and I have relocated from Pittsburgh to Orange County in California. I've taken up being the Director of Curriculum and Innovation at TVT Community Day School in Irvine, where I get to work every day with the great faculty and earnest students who are hard at work preparing themselves for 21st century lives. I couldn't be more excited to be part of this lively community of learners. Also, my book on gamified teaching and learning has been published by ASCD. It is called Level Up Your Classroom, and it is available now at ASCD or at Amazon.com. I've heard from a number of readers since it was published, and I'm grateful for the support, the feedback, and the critiques. Now, while I'm lining up guests to discuss gamification with you all, I'll be presenting a few episodes where going solo, I continue to make the case for gamification in classrooms. I thought while I was putting together the dance card, in addition to the episodes you'll be hearing in the coming weeks about different types of classroom gamification, that I'd share some thoughts on game-based learning and talk about some specific games that work right out of the box. Now, you might recall from episode one that I assert that there are really two themes at work here. The first, gamified instruction, is when you as the teacher use the mechanics, framework, or techniques of a particular game to create a learning experience for students that's game-like, but isn't it all necessarily like the game you base that experience on? An example of this would be to use the auction mechanic from the game Modern Art to have students bid on particular approaches that they will use to learn a topic of concern. Each student makes his or her own choices based on the way that the, the teacher sets up the, the gamified experience and will go through the learning process based on those decisions, based on the auctioning decisions that the student makes. Uh, Game-based learning, by contrast, involves you as the teacher using the game right out of the box to teach a unit of learning. Both have value. Both are very different from each other. Now, as I'm recording this, it's mid-October 2016, and uh, here in the U.S., we're wrapping up our federal election. Candidates Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Gary Johnson, Jill Stein, and many others are stumping for votes throughout the country using an assortment of strategies that are sometimes tried and true, and sometimes unique to this particular election cycle. An election is an exceptionally complicated social exercise, even at the best of times. Candidates have to develop mastery over a bewildering assortment of issues, make clear their perspectives on those issues, process gigabytes of data telling them how their campaign is doing in each of the 50 states, speak effectively about their concerns for the future of the country, debate skillfully, manage the media, travel without hang-ups, blunt any scandals that present themselves, and do all of this on limited sleep. It's a recipe for confusion and chaos, and yet each election, one candidate and his or her team manage that chaos well enough to earn a four-year term in the highest office of the land. And despite how dehumanizing the experience can seem, there are always candidates keen to go through it, and there have always been game designers equally keen to create games that simulate the experience for players. Now, election games... They're not the most robust uh, category of games that one might encounter. There aren't that many of them in the board game market, and frankly, there aren't that many of them in the video game market either. Um, The ones that are out there are variably good at simulating the experience of running a campaign, uh, with a few that are 
particularly quite good. Now, in in the board game framework, in the board game market, I really think there are five games that you should look at. The first of these games is called Campaign Trail. It was published in the 1980s. Now, Campaign Trail is really looking at elections uh, as though they were exercises in, uh, in travel logistics. Uh, in Campaign Trail, the tricky thing about winning the game is making sure that your candidate is always where he or she needs to be uh, at the right time. Now, that's difficult to, to know, of course, because you have to be really good at watching how your, uh, how your opponents are moving and what they're doing in the game. There's not a lot of variability uh, in terms of what can move a state from one candidate to another, and Campaign Trail has no, has no historical context. Uh, in, that's to say that when the game was published in the 1980s, it didn't take into account that certain states had voted Republican or certain states had voted Democratic for a particularly long period of time. The game doesn't take any interest in that. Um, not a bad game in order to help your learners understand the logistics involved in managing a presidential campaign and being able to respond to fairly subtle challenges when they arrive. There are events in the game, but they're not, they're not, that, uh, they're not that likely to, to radically change the outcome of the game. Now, the second game is called Candidate, and it's from the early 1990s. Candidate is really more a primary simulator than it is a federal election, you know, a, a general election simulator. Candidate's quite good, though, at capturing the ebb and flow of a particular campaign because of the way that its action cards work to, uh, to change the way that money influences the campaign. Candidate's really a lot about money. If you have the most money at the end of a particular hand of cards, you're going to win that state or the, uh, or the states. But Candidate also has variability uh, within those cards that come from uh, scandals which cause a particular uh, election round or hand of uh, uh, a played hand to fail um, to generate an outcome or generate a winner. Um, and it also has a, 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 a mechanic about creating a kind of a bandwagon effect that allows you, if you've won the previous state, to draw more cards to, uh, to contest the next state and the next state and so on. Um, now, while it's a primary election simulator, it, like Campaign Trail, pretty easy to learn. Um, campaign Trail and Candidate both play up to six players. Any, uh, any middle schooler, any high school student could learn to play these games in just a very short amount of time. And having students play the game or play a couple of rounds of the game and then reflect on what that's telling them about the election experience would be, would be a productive use of, of their time and it would help them learn a little bit at least about, what, uh, about the particular aspect of a campaign that's, uh, you know, that's at play. I mean, again, Campaign Trail, really more about travel, logistics, trying to manage uh, an awareness of what one's opponent is doing. Uh, candidate, by contrast, really a lot more about money. Now, the third game is called Road to the White House. Road to the White House, published also in the uh, mid-90s, is much more comprehensive. Uh, it uh, has a, 
a multi-week uh, game turn, um, multi-week game turns, and candidates in the Road to the White House game all have a variety of of issues, perspectives that are unique to their uh, to their approach to whatever their, their their candidates interested in. They also have geographical variability. They also have uh, fundraising capacities and things of that sort. Road to the White House takes much, much, much longer than either candidate or campaign trail would take to play. One of the things that I find interesting about Road to the White House isn't necessarily in the, the gameplay, but in the fact that each, uh, each person in your classroom could generate uh, himself or herself as an actual candidate and then use that data to actually play the game. That's pretty cool um, from my perspective. And uh, when I've played the game, it takes a long time. I mean, it's a, it's a three-hour-plus game for veteran gamers. But there are aspects of the way that the game, um, the game plays that would be well worth it uh, in a classroom. The fourth game is called 1960, The Making of the President. Um, probably no surprise that 1960 is a game that simulates the 1960 campaign. Um, it does an outstanding job of capturing the historical context uh, in which the 1960 election played out. It's got a deck of cards that uh, have uh, either points that you can spend to move your candidate or influence the media or prepare for debates, etc., 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 or that you can play as historical events which cause sometimes minor and sometimes quite major uh, changes on the, on the board of play at any particular time. Um, this game, in trying to capture some of the essential qualities of the history of the Nixon-Kennedy campaign, uh, is exceptionally well researched. And it definitely captures the, the tone of what was going on in the country in 1960 and it captures a sense of what made that campaign unique. It does this, of course, by means of its uh, by means of its um, of its action cards. But it also does it by means of the ebb and flow that's just inherent within the way that the game works. Some of the most interesting gaming experiences that I've ever had as a gamer have been playing that game. One in particular comes to mind. I was playing the Kennedy campaign, and almost from the start of the game, the game takes place over, I believe, seven or eight turns, almost from the beginning, I, as the Kennedy campaign manager, was way ahead, 375, 400, 425 electoral votes, and I kept that lead all the way through until the last maybe 25 minutes of the game, when my opponent, a good friend of mine, played just the right combination of cards, which moved the campaign in the last possible moments, away from Kennedy and to Nixon. We were so certain that I had won that when we added the votes up, you get these little um, uh, discs that represent each state, that when we added our votes, when it showed that Nixon had won, we were incredulous. We were certain that there was an error. And we went back and recounted and recounted and recounted, and it was very clear, oh, no, 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 Nixon had, in fact, won that election. Um, and again, maybe a three-hour game had won it in the last 10, 20 minutes. Um, 1960 is a two-player game. So maybe what you'd want to do 
using it in a classroom is to have teams of players representing the full Kennedy staff and the full Nixon staff. And each of those uh, playing teams would have to make decisions collectively about uh, about what cards they were going to play or what strategy they were going to follow. Or indeed, you could have a fishbowl approach where you've got one student playing Kennedy and one student playing Nixon. And you've got the classroom hovering around it, making comments, writing uh, notes, uh, discussing the ebb and flow as though they were the press. That would also be an interesting way in which you might use that game. Um, I would say that 1960, The Making of the President, is probably considered the very best of all presidential election board games. And the last one that I want to mention is called Campaign Manager 2008. And Campaign Manager 2008 is from the same team that made 1960, and they are attempting, just like they did in 1960, to create a game that essentially captures the feel of the 2008 Obama-McCain campaign. Now, what they do in this case is they take uh, roughly two-thirds of the states right off the map. They're not even in, con- they're not even in contention. They're already going to player X or player Y. What they do is have a very sophisticated uh, mechanic by which candidates are attempting to win swing states over to their side by uh, by moving issues that are uniquely important to people within that state um, and playing against their opponents while also playing in favor of themselves. Uh, much faster, a much faster game than 1960. You could presumably play it, um, you might need two class sessions, maybe two hours. Um, again, it's a two-player game, so it's a little problematic um, from uh, from a classroom management perspective. But multiple boards, a potentially good strategy, or having that fishbowl approach. Now, these board games, uh, with the exception of Campaign Trail, uh, are all of they're generally available campaign trail a candidate and road to the white house are both out of print but campaign trail is because of its age particularly out of print it would be very difficult to track down now that's board games in video games there are also a number of choices uh the first game that i would mention you can play on an emulator uh, in any in any browser window, it's called President Elect. It was first published in 1981. It's considered the the first of all um, presidential election simulators. Um, the version that I've played and the version that I that I've uh, just played again on an emulator is based on 1988. It updates the candidate pools. It it, it makes them uh, it makes it possible to play the 1984 and 1988 campaigns. The 19 uh, President Elect 1988 is a particularly good example of how to um, of how to manage the uh, the the flow of an election over multiple weeks. Um, you have these action points that you play, um, and you play them in a variety of different states. It's kind of like an abstracted version of money, and as you play them, you can see through their sort of abstracted polling mechanic how well uh, each candidate is doing. Debates have a great deal of influence, and you also are obligated to set up the conditions in the country at the start of the game, whether the country's at peace or whether it's at war, what the unemployment rate is, the interest uh, rates, uh, um, inflation, etc., etc. Those qualities 
can make it very difficult for an incumbent to win or make it very difficult for an incumbent to lose. Um, very easy game, quick to play. Uh, you could have students each on an individual laptop or indeed in a computer lab or uh, presumably on, a, on an iPad um, play the game. and It would take very, very short amount of time. The second game I want to mention is uh, a game from the mid-90s, which was uh, co-branded with Doonesbury, the Doonesbury Presidential Election Simulator. I had enormous fun in the mid-1990s playing this game. Uh, it, is, uh, it is also available online um, by means of using an emulator. Uh, I found this game particularly sophisticated in understanding how campaigns themselves work. Each campaign has a manager and a variety of other people uh, who they, uh, who you as the player use to manage the uh, the operation of the campaign, and it is very good at simulating the way in which these decisions influence the long term success or viability of particular candidates. Again, like in uh, Road to the White House, you can easily create yourself as a candidate in this game. And with your particular issues and your particular personality and your speaking ability, etc., um, you could have your students run against each other using that game. And that would be a potentially interesting way to, um, to see how well your students can manage a campaign in which they themselves are the candidate for good, bad, or, or you know, for, for, for indifferent. Um, now, those two games are, are quite old. Right now in the market, uh, you can buy a game that is called uh, President Forever. President Forever 2016 uh, is a game that's published by 270soft.com. And President Forever is an unbelievably complex simulation of the federal election process. It has got every possible uh, permutation of decision you might need to make in a game, all all wrapped up neatly within its uh, uh, within its very easy to use software. Um, just like in these other games, it has a fully uh, developed candidate development system. So you could you could uh, create your own candidates. You could create yourself. Um, you could modify the candidates that are running. You can add new candidates. Um, there isn't a thing in an election sequence that this game doesn't simulate. It's got the travel, it's got the money, it's got the issues, it's got the advertising, it's got uh, debates. It has got every single thing that you might uh, uh, that you might want in a game. Now, it in order to get that, of course, it's unbelievably complicated. Um, in order to learn how to play this game, it would take it would take a, a, a student quite some time. It took me uh, it took me a long time to figure it out, and I'm not sure even now, having played it a number of times, that I know how to play it effectively. I've won sometimes, I've lost other times, um, but you will find it with your uh, with your students if you really want to dig down and use a game to understand the presidential election process, there isn't a better choice than I'm aware of in the market right now. 
You know, there are a number of games that are available on various app stores um, that I haven't had a chance to look at. Um, I wonder if any of you have had a chance to play them. And if you have, if you've got some feedback or, or perspectives on them, or indeed if you've played any of these other games, I'm very keen to hear uh, what your thoughts are and whether you think these games are worth playing or if you've indeed found others uh, that, are worth, that are worth taking a look at. So again, Campaign Trail, Candidate, Road to the White House, 1960, and Campaign Manager 2008. From the board game side, President-Elect, the Doonesbury Presidential Election Simulator, and um, President Forever on the video game side. They'll give you and your students hours and hours and hours of meaningful, productive, fun play. I encourage you to check them all out. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Until next time, keep playing.